Hey everyone and welcome to Cafe Booleans today. Uh, we're here with our old friends, uh, Susanna Emery, Costa Canetzelis, Alex Ferrabetta, and hey. I'm John Ostman. And today we're going to be talking about more video game news um, as we do here at Cafe Booleans. Um, so in case you haven't heard the previous episode, what we do is we look at some uh, recent news, both local and uh, international or other topics related, and then we just open it up for discussion. Um, so today we're going to start off with a topic which isn't a news article, but is a, I guess, a question that has come up for me a lot recently. Um, and it's come up from playing certain video games uh, that have been very, very wildly popular, um, such as Cyberpunk. Um, the question is, I'm wondering why there seems to be a huge number of uh, games set in the dystopian future and not many games set in a utopian future or at least a kind of a more positive future. Um, and just to flesh that out a little bit, um, I mean, in looking into this, um, I was Googling utopia in video games and I was finding that there's generally like a couple uh academic articles uh, asking the same question and then there's all the top 10 lists of dystopian <laughs> video games that come up, you know, Cyberpunk, uh, The Last of Us, all that kind of thing. Um, now, I've, I found this isn't just in video games but it's also uh, fiction in general um, but video games is what we focus on here. So, anyway, I just want to open that up to you guys. Have, have you found this yourself or... I, yeah, I was thinking about this one as well, right? And I want to throw your mind back to March 2020. Sure. What happened in March 2020? Apart from COVID? Uh, well, that's it. Oh, that's Basically, the answer. Okay. <laughs> the world <laughs> ended, right? Like, as in, we didn't know what COVID was. We thought the air was going to kill us. You know, everyone was like in the house. No one knew how exactly it worked. All this kind of stuff. But what... Two games came out in March 2020 on the same day. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to go that too. <laughs> You're going to go that? <laughs> yeah. Was it Animal For Crossing? For the win. Animal Crossing yeah. and, and the other one? It was Doom, uh, but they oh, both came it? out on the same oh, day. Yeah, right. And those yin-yang, kind of what you're saying, where you've yeah. got the dystopian future and, I mean, Animal Crossing isn't a, a utopian future, but it's a utopia. Yeah, and actually that's a good point. Uh, that it is a utopia, even if it's not like the straightforward sci-fi utopia kind of thing. Yeah, and the the fact of like um saying you know thinking the air was gonna like the virus could be airborne, you know back then thinking was like everyone was like living vicariously through that game. They were like mm. you could hear the wind, you you know pick fruit and stuff like that. You're like I am there. I don't need to be outside because I can be in here. That was, that's a, that was my thought. That's a good point, actually, because that's one thing, you know, because since I kind of uh, thought about this topic and um, in the last few days, I've kind of been talking to a few other people and through talks, it's almost come evident that I thought there was not many utopian fictions or games, but it almost like there is, but it's just the, the difference is with dystopian games, it forms a core part of the drama of the story. So if we're looking at cyberpunk, for example, it seems to be, you know, they're living in this terrible world that they're trying to survive in or they're trying to escape from. In Last of Us, 
they're living in this world that's ended. Even, even though it's beautiful, they're trying to survive kind of thing. That's the narrative. Whereas, like you said, uh, the kind of utopia is almost like the backdrop for whatever the actual story or the drama or the gameplay actually is. Yeah, because if you think about it, like stories about conflict, right? Mm. So, like, if everything was perfect and, like, in a utopia, what's the conflict? Like, what's the mm. interest? There's going to have to be some yeah. issue or something that arises. So, yeah, the dystopia gives you a lot more opportunities for that conflict or that downfall, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, totally. Games need a fail state. And what's a bigger fail state than the end of the world? <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, it drives so, motivation. It's like it just drives player motivation. If you've got the challenge set up there, it's like the environment that the player's in is inherently challenging. So, you know, if you've got it, but you're right, utopia, there is games that could be looked at as utopian. Yeah, and there's still challenges within that. Um, Animal Crossing, like you said, it's a utopia. You still have to, you know, collect fruit, catch bugs. Mm. It's still a challenge there, but um, yeah, it's it's not it probably not branded like or the genre isn't, you know, utopian as opposed to like post apocalyptic, you know, dystopian and and that sort of stuff. So yeah, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah, it I is. wonder if those games that are like more utopian are maybe less story driven. Oh yeah, possibly. Like, Mechanic driven maybe. Yeah, well, I wonder if that's connected at all. Like I've heard other games mentioned, uh, like po- the Pokemon games, mm-hmm. technically live in a near future society, but like I don't know, the- man, that's pretty awful if you're a Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. That's true. And I mean, the twist in most of them is that there's some evil like Illuminati organization <laughs> yeah. in the background. That's yeah, 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 yeah. Pulling the strings. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Did you ever hear that one that like actually Team Rocket are like the good guys and they're trying to like release all the Pokemon yeah. that are being oh, trapped? Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, that would be an interesting game idea. Like you have you playing as the the villain, well, you're playing as both, and you're seeing it from both different perspectives and the motivations from each player. Because as soon as you give motivation to like a villain, they're not they're no you know they're multi layered. They're not so mm. here's good, here's bad. It's like yeah. oh they've they're just like us. They're just a bit you know they got some problems that they got to sort through, and that's what makes them like that. So it's like like that Last of Us the. The yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Or Metal Gear really Solid Five, mm. but they messed that up because they just make you a good guy. You're meant to be a bad guy. You have nukes. <laughs> um, I want. Yeah, no, no, go on. I was going to say, I wonder if like MMOs, like, are there are there utopian MMOs or is it like games where the user generates the content? Is that like That's Second Life? Is the first thing. Second that comes Life, to right? Yeah, yeah. That would be a good one. Like they, that people are defining what it is if it's dystopian or utopian. You know what's well, funny I though? Like, like I, I haven't played Second Life a lot, but because they've given people free reign, if you go into it now, it almost if you go in there, it almost looks like what Cyberpunk looks like. It's all, yeah, it's yeah. all about like I sex and money and stuff. That <laughs> it's not like very nice. <laughs> <laughs> what's what is Second Life? It's like an MMO from oh, it's like. Over 15 years old now or something, right? It's kind of like a chat, but it's kind of like VR chat, but like well-watered down and pixelated. (laughs) No one invited me to play. (laughs) It's still running. It's still running. Um, Yeah, no, because it's like Sims graphics, isn't it? It's like really, it's pretty dated. It's pretty old. But it's it's still quite active, I think. And part of the thing is because it's got its own economy and everything and people 
make assets and sell it on there. Like I, I remember when I was studying game design at uni, um, we had to do an assignment on Second Life and how people were actually making real money through it and the economy mm. and all that kind of thing. So it's like the it's like the original Roblox and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, people making their own content and their own yeah economy. So it's, it's in like a, the precursor to NFTs. It is, yeah. Oh yeah, man, that's a whole. <laughs> Yeah, when, um, when are we doing the crypto spin-off podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just talk crypto trading. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Well, that's actually the next article I wanted to cover was um, Steam removing NFT games off of their platform, which is a interesting play, um, you know, an update to Steam's rules and guidelines basically uh, revealed that they've banned all games that are built on blockchain or allow for NFT and cryptocurrency trading. So a popular game called The Age of Rust um, basically uh, tweeted out that Steam's point of view is that items have value when they don't allow items that can have real-world value on their platform. And yeah, interesting topic given that Steam makes money off of items and this is mm. sort of one of the first, well, not first, but... Uh, you know, a key piece is around ownership here and it's around monetizing um, uh, items without actually having an intermediary between everyone. So, yeah, interesting. What's everyone's thoughts on this? How does uh, Steam currently handle CSGO skins? Because hmm. uh, speaking of precursors to NFTs, isn't that a precursor to NFTs is the CSGO skins? The difference with NFTs would be that NFTs are basically collectibles where you can digitally prove that you are the owner of the collectible. It's, it's kind of like having a land title deed for a piece of land. So um, it's like, yes, people can copy and paste whatever it is, but you can always technically, if the system's working, you can always prove that you're the owner. Um, CSGO skins, I guess it kind of works because it'd be tied to your account. Um, mm. But then the, You've got all the differences there where it goes through a central authority rather than a decentralized network. You mean Valve, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. And, and Valve clips like 30% of all sales in between all of that. So they're making mm. a bunch of money. It's all, it's, it works against them to allow an NFTs on their on their platform. Yeah. yeah. That'd be very hard to police as well, I think. Mm. Well, it, well, interestingly, Epic has now um, announced that they've they're supporting NFTs on their platform. Because oh, <laughs> in the article, yes. it said they're supporting it, but they're working with the developers first. So I think uh, is it yeah. they're taking like a cautionary step-by-step -step approach, or they're just like I, I feel like it's a it's a you know it's perfect um, marketing opportunity there. Mm. As soon as Steam announces that they've banned it, Epic all of a sudden, yeah, cool. No, actually, we support this entirely. It. I mean, wouldn't it make sense for them to support? like a, I'm using this term wrong, probably a free market kind of thing after the lawsuit with Apple where they went after Apple because they said you're restricting how people buy things. Mm, mm. And then even though it ruled against um, Epic's favor, wouldn't it, if they were then to say, yeah, we don't support that on our uh, platform, then they'd kind of be going against what they said. They like supporting a free market. Wait, I, yeah, is that the right term, free market? Agreed, yeah. Do I guess it's free user choice of of how they want to, um, yeah, uh, how they want to. Yeah, and Steam have been like yeah, in the past like pretty monitory about stuff. Hey, like 
you know, that game has some sort of reference to something, let's pull it. Like, yeah, generally pretty. With the CSGO skins, can you purchase them in-game? Or is that external? No, I, th- I don't know. Uh, I, don't, Steam, I, don't know if Steam the, I don't know if that's the thing, is that with this, you would be purchasing goods in-game, I'm assuming, that, and then nothing's going to Steam for it. Yeah, yeah exactly. I wonder if it's yeah. It's yeah, ca- it's kind of like um, it's kind of like Gods Unchained, which is a a big trading card game that uses NFTs, and they well you can trade and purchase and all that sort of stuff in game, um, but then you have to go to another marketplace like OpenSea, which is a popular one for people trading NFTs. You can go in there and um, yeah, purchase and trade off of that. So it, it yeah, it circumvents the the Steam um, marketplace in this circumstance. Costa was showing me the um, what are they called? Pixel what? Which Pixel ones? Punks? Pixel oh, punks. Pixel crypt- crypt- oh, punks. Oh my god! Crypto punks. Crypto punks. <laughs> crypto punks. <laughs> what the hell? How much are they going for? Did one just sell for like sixteen million dollars, or did I read that wrong? Oh my god! Yeah, I'd believe it. There's yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, there's a few of the big trending ones. Um, it's crypto punks. Uh, I can't I can't remember the names of the others, but there's a few big ones. Board Board and, um, Yacht Club. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them, I, I'm not sure why this is working specifically, but a lot of the big ones, they're kind of like algorithmically generated as well. So they're, they're like with the CryptoPunks, um, I think this is how they did it. I know others do this. They kind of do like Photoshop layers or whatever and then run a program that kind of generates and they often do like 8,888 copies or whatever. And then so you have all the variations and then the... With those ones, the uh, they're meant to be like uh, display pictures that you can use on Twitter or yeah. something like that. And so you want to kind of own it. This is my understanding: is you want to kind of like get one that's uh, luxury or expensive and own it. So then you can display it and then kind of prove that you're the owner of it. And it's like this it's whole digital, like digital bling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Digital bling. That's what it is. <laughs> if this clip makes it to YouTube and we're animated, look around this Pixel Cafe. We are <laughs> higher quality than these NFTs. <laughs> Jay Z, make live bullions your profile picture. <laughs> yeah. Maybe live bullions needs to do an NFT. Uh... Well, the the characters on live bullions are like they're all made from the same base template. It's different mm. skin tones. It's the hair shape is what. Um, you can start differentiating people and different shadings in the face, but it's all the same shape. We could pump out so many. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's yeah, yeah, new career option. Yeah. <laughs> Alex went for that, the catch grab. Yeah. Speaking of like careers though, like this this it's big money in NFTs, right? Like um I was at the Games for Change Asia Pacific Festival last week and um there was this lady there, Leah Callan Butler, and she was talking about um this game Axie Unlimited or Axie, Axie, Axie Infinity. And um, she was saying about how like there was this community in the Philippines that was like really struggling with, with money and then COVID happened and like it kind of put the whole town into poverty and it was really awful. Um, but then like apparently like a whole bunch of members in the community, like a, most of the village started playing Axie Infinity and like getting enough money from doing that to buy food and maintain their lives and they were having like um they she made this little doco about it and they were having like these whole family kind of 
sessions where like someone would play for like three hours and then hand it over to like the next family member and they'd just be like continuously playing mm. and one of the um and the the axi servers one of them like knocked it because they thought it was a bot because it was on like, <laughs> all the time and they were like no nah, you have to prove to us that you're real people yeah, so they sorry. sent like this video of like all of the family just like I'm, playing this game yeah i'm looking it up now it's a uh, it, it's, it's it's another yeah another blockchain no not blockchain the- nft well, I mean, that's a blo- what yeah, is a blockchain yeah, oh, <laughs> for the Alexes oh out God, there? What, what, Alex, we need, so, we need three hours for that. If you want to explain it, I, I'll try and summarize it as best as I can. Just because I was looking it up again the other day, but man, it's confusing. Magic. I still don't fully get it. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> you have Bitcoin or you have a Ethereum or whatever platform you're running um, that runs on the blockchain, which is essentially, from my understanding, a huge. Uh, table of all the transactions that have ever happened on the blockchain Uh, and every computer that is mining one of these bitcoins or ether or whatever it is that's a node and each of those nodes are constantly checking the blockchain and validating that the transactions are actually accurate which is how you get the whole decentralized thing because it ends up being like a democratic vote between all the computers across the world um and so like let's say i sell you one bitcoin alex uh mm. for a hundred us dollars oh, bargain. And let's say uh 60 percent of the node computers in the world say that's true that happened and 40 percent say no that didn't happen oh uh, sorry yeah 60 say uh yes it did happen 40 say no it didn't happen that 60 percent went out and it validates it and it did happen but i mean you would never have like errors like that that's a very, very simple version, and I'm probably yeah, going to get flagged for that one. Know, just say you um, don't know. But, but, but given the amount of time that we're probably going to spend on this, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a receipt. It's kind of it's a way of uh, validating that trades have happened without having a central authority to validate it, like a bank or a market or something like that. And what that opens up, this is why people are getting so excited uh, about nfts for example so we're in the art and media space nfts are basically built on that so you can like i said prove that you're the owner of something but and it can't be challenged because it's proven by the blockchain Um, but it's then using uh the ethereum platform which isn't just currency it's also you can write software on it to do transactions and stuff like that so, yes, we have NFTs that are like the crypto punks, which are avatars, but then you also have things like musicians giving out this uh, music token, which if you have one, then you can be proven to be like one of the VIP members of that community and then you get access to all their live shows before anyone else and stuff like that. So, um, Sounds like yeah. the plot of a James Bond movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I don't it's know. It's a crazy area, man. It's... It's the like, crown isn't happy with this development. Yeah. <laughs> the, the social hype around it is insane. I, I think from, from my reading, it's one of those things where it's like the technology isn't actually uh, mature enough to justify how much money is being thrown at it. But yeah. I think everyone's excited about the potential of it. So it'll probably be around forever in one form or another, but we'll see what happens with the actual uh, current NFTs and stuff. It's a big bubble at the moment. Yeah, totally. So, Costa, being on Steam, good thing, bad thing, you reckon? 
A- NFTs. Yeah. Well, like the whole that they're not allowing NFTs. Do you reckon that's a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, I think mind from, you are under oath. I think from <laughs> Valve's perspective, um, they're basically gearing up for a competitor in the space by by not allowing it because someone will eventually allow it. Mm. Epic in this circumstance has already said that they they will, but I wouldn't be surprised if some other platform or something um, pops up to just facilitate those types of games or um, builds the tools and the platform around that to to help facilitate it. So, yeah, I think Steam... you got to think about like how how Epic and like I've been positioning themselves like as like the storefront now for a while, like with giving away the free games and getting everybody kind of over there. Like I honestly hardly ever use Steam now because Mm. like... Yeah, you get the free game a month. You get a free game a month and it's just kind of made me go there. So now I only really go to Steam if I have to play something that... isn't on epic mm. so like i assume a lot of people are coming that way as well because it's just easier like yeah it's like aggressive, and also, you know how like every marketing. time you open steam it's like oh you have to update it and it's like <laughs> yeah <laughs> three hours later so like they i feel like they got to start kind of being careful about what they're doing with that because that seems like it will affect them mm. and you got a uh, uh kids Buying purchases with their uh, parents' credit card to buy ten thousand dollar NFT off Steam. <laughs> totally. Well, I, I used to work at a primary school uh, as the IT manager, and uh, I, I got that all the time. Parents coming in and saying, uh, "Yeah, my kids just spent three hundred dollars in this game or whatever. Um, can we get that back?" And fortunately, um, like I. Look, I'm not working for Apple or anything, but Apple were actually very good about getting refunds for that stuff. Um, mm. If it was yeah, a man. if a kid did it, so yeah. But I mean, if, if you're a parent listening, do not leave your credit card attached <laughs> to the <laughs> device you're giving to your kid. <laughs> what if um Steam released uh like a night mode version of Steam, and they had a platform just for NFT stuff. So they're still in the market, but it's like, I don't want to be a part of the NFT stuff. I just want to stick to classic Steam. And then they have like condensation where you can. Yeah. I mean, I think Steam is so uh, reliant on the business model that they have for for making 30% on, on everything or whatever the percentage is. That you know, unless they can find a way to monetize it, I think it makes sense in the in the long term. But uh, it's just a new technology, and, and they're afraid, so mm. it would take time. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, we'll- they'll probably figure out their own method of doing it, like the hats in Team Fortress. Like, yeah, remember the hats when the hats came out? And it was like hats, yeah. yeah. Hats. <laughs> Get the pony hat. It was just like yeah. a ball. Yeah. <laughs> but she's got a new hat. I want it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I look. I don't know what the legalities of this, but like one thing you can actually do with NFTs is you can set a percentage. So every time they're sold, the original creator or whoever gets a percentage of each sale price. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if Steam could somehow get in on that and work with the developer to get you know a five percent cut of every sale or whatever. They'll be rolling in it. Yeah. yeah, and just like Susanna said, like they're, they're probably figuring out their own way of doing it to mm. so that they can make their own money and then they'll just come out and say, hey, we're supporting it and this is how we're going to do it and this is why it's so easy for you. Mm. But in reality, they'll probably try to, yeah, make a cut of all of it that happens because, yeah, that's how it works. It's it's You've got people 
charging a certain price for the users to mint them, which is, you know, they first get it. And then they, I think the the designers or the people that release them get a maybe a 4% cut after the second sale. So you think of that, uh, you know, at a scale of 10,000 items and, and each one sells for $600 or something. Like these companies are, these these people are, are popping up and making $10 million off, off one collection or like $3 million. So it's interesting in, in how games might be able to use that as a way of just almost bootstrapping their entire development by releasing you know, a set amount of resources in a game or something. So, mm. yeah, I think there's a, lot, there's a lot there that hasn't been explored yet from the games game side of thing. Mm. But everything in the real world is finite, though. Like this shirt I'm wearing, right? Like you <laughs> assume I can go on the website and buy infinite amounts, but at one point they're going to run out of cotton or they're going to like, this is a one of a <laughs> kind. Run out of sheep. <laughs> yeah, they're going to run out of sheep or something. Like you can only buy so many ba- bananas at the store or something. Like, <laughs> well, until you, you've eaten every banana on planet Yeah, Earth. until there's no bananas left in Adelaide. Like <laughs> yeah, why can't I mint the bananas? <laughs> bananas repro- like they Bananas continue to produce, you know? <laughs> but then why would you invest? I don't understand investing money to something that is fine. Like, it's digital. The whole point is meant to be infinite. And now they've no, gone. Totally. I, look, I was having this. Digital scarcity. That's it. I, I was having this argument with a friend recently. And I say argument, but we both kind of agree that, yeah, it's kind of crap. <laughs> like the whole yeah. thing is, and this is one of the biggest arguments against it, is it's artificial scarcity. So, it's mm. like it doesn't yeah. have to be scarce, but people were making it scarce especially in a world where there is real scarcity that we actually have to worry about. Yeah. So it's uh, one of the big concerns against this stuff. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. Mm. That's it. Well, moving on to the next article that I raised here. Um, That's a so Metro Costa Dread. It, oh, it's classic Costa transition. Um, <laughs> Metro Dread, I don't know. I haven't played it. Has anyone played it? I played it for about 10 minutes the other day. I spoke to someone at a cafe <laughs> the other week who has played it. <laughs> <laughs> I That's saw a, a trailer for it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so Metroid Dread staff uh, say they've been left out of the game's credits, which is um, a thing that I didn't even know um, happened. But after posting this article, John and, and Alex uh, mentioned that this had happened at an, a bunch of other game uh, productions. So, Basically, a number of staffers who worked at the Metroid Dread studio called uh, Mercury Steam during the game's development, but have since left the company, um, claim are claiming that they aren't included in the game's credits, despite finding their work in the final product. So a 3D artist um, called Roberto raised the issue on LinkedIn, and he was questioning the game development studio uh, and the decision that they made to leave them out. Uh, and again, this is something that the games industry has struggled with um, in other productions. And there's no official guidance in place for how studios should go about crediting their staff. So in most cases, the employer does have final say, sometimes resulting in the temporary team members, so people who are working on a project and then leave. Um, uh, they can be you know, removed entirely, and that's all up to the studio. I think this is important um, given how some of the industry is very temporary in the work that it, that is done, you know, as an artist or, um, you know, someone doing uh, sounds or someone, even even a programmer, they come in on a contract basis, they do the work and they leave. And um, interesting to, yeah, it's interesting to see that they're not being credited even though they've, they've put work into it. So what's everyone's thoughts on this? Tell it. Yeah, that's awful. 
Yeah, that happens in um, film too. Like, Mm. like I remember there was a big thing in animation. Like that happened with an animation recently for that um that movie with the 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 food sausage party, hot dog house party or something. Yeah, that's sex party. party. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and a bunch of the animators and artists didn't get credited because they changed them some point in there or they outsourced to a studio or something like that and then you know maybe just credited that outsourcing rather than everyone who's in it so um i was looking at this and mercury's theme the company you're talking about they said they only include employees who uh are there for 25 percent of the production mm-hmm. and then you have uh red dead redemption 2 they didn't credit it's over a thousand people on that game they didn't credit and they said uh they came out and what they say they said um uh it's unreal uh where is it i've lost it they said um it's their policy that they want people to get to the finish line of the game it's like we're in this together we cross the finish line but as you said if you're a contractor you're not meant to get to the finish line yeah but a thousand people didn't get credited on that game yeah that's not good can you imagine though, like, yeah, you stuck out that project for eighty percent, and it's like, let's say it's gone hell. Because I know the thing with La Noire is they were saying the whole last year was crunch, um, wow. and so people yeah. were dropping out of of uh, Team Bondi, I think it was the developer, because yeah, it was crunch day in day out for a year, um, and then they got left off the credits. Um, so it's kind of like you lose twice then. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I don't get it. Why can't you just add everyone who works there to the credits? Like the credits are long anyway. It's not <laughs> yeah. like you're going, oh, it's eating into our engagement. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because people won't sit there for that long. Like you're already sitting there if you're watching the credits for. for well, remember, GTA yeah. 5, the credits go for like 45 minutes or something. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because there's over, over 2,000 people listed there. I, I only know this because um, I was playing it and I finished it and I told my mate I would be over in like 10 minutes after the credits and I ended up getting there an hour later. <laughs> um, what about like when you have to stay until the end of the credits for your trophy to pop? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, come on. Um, it's, it, I was actually thinking about this as well with the idea of credits being so long. Hot take, do you think that the way credits are presented now are outdated? Like... Credits in the current format, to me, makes sense when, I don't know if he actually did this, but Charlton Heston applies his own sweat to his chest in Ben-Hur, if he was in Ben-Hur, I don't know what he was in, or like drove himself to the set, you know. And now movies and games have such a huge production. But not saying get rid of the credits, but is the idea of just text on a screen when you have thousands of people, let alone, but before it was like a couple hundred Mm. maximum. The best, the best credits I've seen in a game, well, from the ones that I've seen, um, I think it was Super Smash Brothers Melee. Yes, where you shoot them, where you you shoot shoot the credits. (laughs) You're 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 flying through this like 3D environment, and and all the credits are coming at you like almost like enemies, and you just shoot them, and all it does is it just highlights them when you shoot it. But just this, do do you feel like do you feel like that? Like, do you remember any of the names from the credits? I don't. No. I don't, but I remember the experience of seeing the credits. Which, That's true. Yeah. Which is something, you know, and I could go back there and, and look at it and 
um, because I remember it and I will see the names there. So, you know, it's an experience that I you know, have remembered. I guess Marvel I does the that. It's in that um, Edith Finch, what remains of Edith mm. Finch. And like that whole game is about like family and all those members of these family. And it's got like the most beautiful art. And I remember the credits they had like, because like the house is full of like pictures on the wall. And then the credits they had like the people, like the artists as like pictures on the wall in that same mm. style. Oh, and like cool. they, I think they did the art for it. And it was really nice. Yeah, that's right. awesome. Do you so think that like, works because it's a small team though, as opposed to. Red Dead Redemption yeah. 2, which probably had, you know, 4,000 images. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that. Like, that wall is bigger than that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the other thing is, uh, biz- like, project managers and stuff. Like, artists, if you don't get credited in a game, you could, pro- depending on what kind of contract deal you have, you could still put your stuff up on ArtStation. So it would at least be Googleable. So it couldn't be debated whether or not um, that person you mentioned um, worked on that game because you said he was an artist um you might be i I don't haven't looked him up but you might be able to find his portfolio and depending on the deal with the studio they might let him say uh, yeah you can have you can put the stuff up but if you're a project manager or you're a producer or something like how do you how do you credit yourself yeah what if you got to show like what you've got to show is the product yeah and then you get chart you get your work breakdown structure (laughs) yeah it is a good point because it's like where do we draw the line because i i know an artist who was working for a it's like a middleman company who was then working for i can't remember who it was but they were making like a um overwatch uh clone and he he didn't directly make stuff for this game but basically, he was a concept artist in a pool of concept artists, which would all work on the same concept as a team. And then that final concept would go to, uh, through the middle man company, go to uh, whatever game developer it was. So, oh, so they I don't know whether it. you could even put everyone's name there because who knows who actually had the most mm-hmm. input yeah. into that concept. And- NFT it. And, and then I think <laughs> blockchain it. <laughs> I indisputably <laughs> worked on it at this time. Yeah. It's time proved by thousands of computers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. What's that going to be the motto? Just blockchain it. Just blockchain yeah. it. <laughs> what a waste of electricity that would be to just oh, just man. to have like <laughs> just to say that you worked on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this is something LinkedIn will get in in on like yeah that'd be great yeah link linkedin confirm with your linkedin profile that you yeah. work on this game like. well i mean <laughs> games are interactive right so yeah. most of them could have like a the credits be like a menu where you click on the department and then you get taken further down and you drill mm, yeah. down further and further yeah yeah, yeah. until you and found it, the yeah. you know assistant to the regional manager or whatever it was, <laughs> was in the office. You know what? And it would be cool if you could almost tell, like, you know, if you ran a big studio, you could say, hey, music department, you get to pick whatever you want your credits to be like mm. for your department. Hey, mm. 3D team, you can do that. Hey, programmers, like, that would be cool. And then it would give them, like, it, you know, it would give the team something to, to be able to demonstrate in their own way what they worked on and who it was that worked oh. on it. How cool would it be if there were mini games of like their job? So like oh, you go yeah. into the music one and you gotta like press the right piano keys to make yeah, the yeah. 
You know what's funny is all these ideas are generating more programmers. Uh, <laughs> like yeah. More programmers yeah, that's are needed. Right. That's right. <laughs> Who will get uncredited. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably why, because everyone puts the effort into the game. It's just once you get to the credits, it's like, let's just print a just list. It's it just in. so easy. Do you reckon... I haven't looked into this. Games don't have a union, do they? Because credits in films are unionized. I'm pretty well, not credits in films. Films are unionized. So, in film credits, you'll even have the people who made the credits get credited, and everyone really? is the same size font on the same background, the same colored text. Everyone's on the same playing field. But I think I think I've, there's something about that about games. There aren't a union in games. That's why all this stuff is unregulated. That's why. You can yeah. only work on 25%. If you work on 25%, you don't get credited or... Well, there was a huge yeah. push in 2018, from what I can see, um, for game developers to become unionized uh, at GDC in March 2018. It was founded around then. Um, yeah, it seems like it's a big push. Uh, and it's still going on, ongoing. I mean, this is in America, but... Um, Seems like it's still an ongoing thing that people are trying to push for. Because there's a because that's got to be linked with um, you know, you said the crunch. How uh, uh, La Noir was the last year was crunch. Like surely, if there's a union or something involved, it's not. Yeah, well, I'm reading the Wikipedia page. I don't know if that's what you're reading, Costa, but um, that's the one I'm reading. Yeah, yeah. Game workers unite. Uh, uh, Emma Kinema was one of the leaders of this. I guess pre-union, um, but she helped organize the May 2019 walkout of Riot Games over uh, handling oh, wow. of sex discrimination. So, mm-hmm. so it looks like they're trying to deal with yes, yeah, uh, sex discrimination, uh, crunch, that kind of, crunch time, all that yeah. kind of stuff that keeps coming up in the news. Well, there was something uh, with Rockstar with that, wasn't there? Like a a group that was formed, it was called like Partners of Rockstar or something like that. And it was the partners of the people who worked oh, right. at Rockstar were like, they haven't seen their like newborn children. Like they've barely seen their children or something like that because they're in here like 15 hours a day or something mm, like that. That's insane. That's so awful. Yeah. We really need to look after the industry. Yeah. It's one of those things where like places are like, you know, oh, it's a place where people want to be so we can treat people like, like crap because they'll want to be here because they love it. Yeah. It's it's the it's, cool. it's the um it's like preying on your passion. People are passionate yeah. about it and so they, they abuse that in a way where You don't want to be here? Well there's three other people out the door. Yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Very toxic environment. Or or you take the other approach where you've got, you know, Google and all that sort of stuff where they incentivize you to stay at the workplace for twelve hours because they've got breakfast and lunch and dinner and all this sort of stuff where you never want to leave. So, yeah. Oh yeah, my God, I would never some, leave. Sometimes it's not always like that <laughs> top-down thing though as well because I, I know in some of these uh, organizations, a lot of people do actually genuinely want to stay there and crunch. But the problem is if you're surrounded by people who want to do that and you don't, mm. you feel like you're letting the team down. That's a really good point. Like who wants to be the first to leave the office, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. And that's the environment. That's like that's like the culture of the company that you're at. And you know, if they uh, if they reward people for staying longer, then people are going to do it. And and you, like you said, Susanna, who's going to be the first one to leave if everyone yeah. else is in they there? Did, so, in they, like a lot of companies were saying that with the work from home was um, uh, they're like, oh, people are more productive when they work from home because. They're more conscious of the breaks they take and and certain things because they're timing themselves and stuff like that. 
It feels like that. It feels like you don't know what the other people are working on and how they're working. So I better, you know, clock off. I have to go to the bathroom. But if you're in the office, you wouldn't. You'd be talking to someone or I don't know. I'm just going to a weird territory. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's interesting because, I mean, yeah, obviously working from home, it'd be interesting to see how that affects um, a lot of these companies with crunch mm. and if they're building things into their workplace processes to be able to yeah incentivize people to not crunch and not not be doing overtime all the time so mm. Mm. um if i may steal one of your segues costa <laughs> segway ahead <laughs> um speaking of crunch uh, there's a fruit that's quite crunchy, and that is apple. <laughs> oh my god, oh. <laughs> that's a good one. Sorry, Alex, that's go great. for it. <laughs> that was amazing. Um, yeah, I can't follow that, but yeah, um, I was doing a doing a scour, and um, this article popped up because um, we'll find out why. But basically, uh, I thought it was an interesting thing that in 2019. Apple made more profit from games than Microsoft, Nintendo, Activision, and Sony combined, and Apple don't make any games. That's ridiculous. How insane That's is that? That's so... Oh, but um, the article I was reading was basically suggesting how, um, you know, is that... Because that was in 2019. Obviously, it's 2021, so it's a bit different. Um, I think there was also something about the numbers are a bit skiffy because they were keeping them private until the epic lawsuit happened. I was going to say, I'm surprised you could get their data on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they had to, I think, uh, i got to be careful to say because I'm not sure if, it's, if I read this correctly, but they had to, like this. a lot of this came out with the, um, the lawsuit from last year of Epic and saying that Apple had the monopoly. Um, and that's the thing is this predates the lawsuit with, between Apple and Epic, um, which if people don't know, Apple... Um, Epic said Apple was being a monopoly on their payments of like how you buy in-app purchases and Apple was taking a 30% cut, which Epic said was too big. Um, Apple said it's standard. Um, Apple ended up winning the case, um, but they ruled that uh, the developers can, you have to, Apple has to let the developers advertise um, alternate ways of um, charging for things. Um but it's also interesting because uh, mobile gaming is apparently under threat from the quote-unquote new frontier of gaming, which is uh, virtual reality, um, which is being led by Microsoft and Facebook. Um, yeah, but I still, the big thing of that I think that was interesting was Apple made more money than all of them combined, especially Activision. That was the surprising one. And they don't make any games. It's it's an interesting one. I, I have a like. On one hand, I feel like Apple just wants to keep things as they are because obviously they profit a bunch from other game developers. But I feel like they there's there's something in the back of my head that thinks they they're gearing up for some sort of larger play at gaming. Um, you know, with obviously with Apple Arcade. Um, being a, a core service now that they have as part of like their, their suite of uh, software subscriptions. And then all this this sort of push towards the unification of all of their different devices. Like 
some of the devices are so powerful now that they can compete with pretty uh, like with with pretty high spec'd out computers. It, it would make so much sense for them to enter that space more aggressively to have Apple Arcade almost like a Steam competitor on the Mac and even like having Apple Arcade, which already exists now on Apple TV, mm. you know, I, I, it's just, they've got so much momentum. I feel like they will eventually step in further into, into games. It's sort of tinkering on, on the edge there. Does Apple Arcade exist in the same uh, realm as I think how like Epic and uh, I think Xbox with their Game Pass do things of they pay the developer like a lump sum. They're like, you get this for just being on the platform. They're very secretive from what I've heard actually around the deals that they make with developers. I think it's probably different depending on the developer. Mm-hmm. I know we've had yeah some some people on previously that have mentioned like, with Game Pass, it's it's you know it's different depending on the developer, and mm. I guess the developer has the freedom as to how they want to do it, whether they want to accept a lump sum or a percentage or however it works. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, they got a lot of steam behind them. No, no pun intended there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, you're yeah. gonna get sued for that. You realize that? Oh, have, yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> Costa said that Apple yeah. has steam behind them. Yeah, yeah, that'd be pretty epic. <laughs> but like, I wonder if it's even worth doing for them because, like, there's more casual gamers than there are like like people playing games on PC, right? So, like, you know, if they're making more money from mobile games from just taking a cut, like, mm. why wouldn't they just keep pushing that? Like, mm. true. Well, that's right. And, and I mean, all yeah. these developers, uh, so Nintendo. I mean, a lot of Nintendo's profit, well, not all of it, but like, you know, they've got Pokemon Go, which would be uh, through the Apple Store as well, wouldn't mm, it? Yeah. So yeah. they would both be making money from that. So I think some of those stats may even cross over. Yeah, right. A little bit. Um, I'm, I'm mm. interested in that, that second point about uh, mobile gaming being under threat from the new frontier of virtual reality. Um, They've been yeah. saying that for I'm not, so I'm long. I'm not sure whether that's it's true realities. for like the yeah. next 10 years. You heard about these 3D <laughs> glasses, so man. Too. Yeah, like, uh, you know, like, well, I'm going to sit there and play Flappy Bird like in VR on the train. Yeah. No, like. <laughs> waving your arms <laughs> around. There's a place yeah, yeah. for it, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Ladies waving her arms everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, uh, Facebook is definitely stepping into that. I, Microsoft, I mean, I, I didn't even know they were in virtual reality. I, like, I know they do, they do the HoloLens and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, but they've they've taken a stance as to not put virtual reality on Xbox. That's a mm. that's a thing that they decision that they made because it just they felt it wasn't worth it. Uh, um, really? Are they yeah. focusing more on? Are Microsoft focusing more on like augmented reality, as in where you still see the real world but you have things overlaid onto it? Do you think? I mean, Hololens. Hololens is is probably one of the yeah, yeah the key focuses that they have. But whether games come into it, I'm not even sure if they've got any games on there. Yeah. Do you remember? Um, like, God, how long ago was this? This is probably like 15 years ago. There's probably a YouTube video of it, and I think it was Microsoft. But they had a giant touchscreen table that they were marketing, and they were like, Minecraft. Yeah. I remember that. What? They have Minecraft on there? No, oh, I'm thinking oh. of HoloLens. See, I swear that thing was called the Microsoft Surface. 
Yeah, it was the I original it Surface. Was. Yeah, and then wow. and then they decided to turn it into like a little tablet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Using yeah, their Microsoft think... Shrink Rays. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <Is that> for... <laughs> but there's I all these things. Where, like, yeah, I think that's where it started. It was an original big tablet uh, table concept, and then I think they they yeah they ended up yeah. going with a, a laptop hybrid. There's all these things that like develop like yonks before and then you never hear they're like concept cars Mm. you know like concept cars for the last 15 years have had weird hover wheel things on them and then you get the the regular one and you're like (laughs) i just saw that one down at coles or something like they look exactly the same there was a touchscreen technology years ago again like 15 years ago and i'm pretty sure it was called tesla touch it wasn't by tesla i don't think but what it would do was it would shock your finger very lightly very lightly uh like if you had a photo of sand on a touchscreen device this is this predates touch uh, to smartphones so it wasn't they weren't thinking of that application but if you have a texture of sand you run your finger along it and you would feel sand because it's sending these oh, like wow. little jolts to you that reenact sand and they were like this is going to be game changing and then you just never heard about it again it's it's a practical application like do people want that are people willing to yeah, pay for that yeah it's like smell yeah. vision right <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It has a long way to go before it becomes, yeah, like you said, practical or nice enough to experience. I mean, I think that's part of the problem with virtual reality at the moment. I like, have any of you guys got a headset or used a headset or anything like that? I did, and I sold it. Yeah. I did, and I sold it. I had a quest yeah, so, too. So, so I got a quest as well, and I just bought some quests. Yeah, and it, like I, so I loved the quest. I loved it for about a week, and then I haven't touched it since. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's it's what it's like, right? It's like a novelty, and you're like, "Well, this is cool," and then you just kind of like moving on with my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it, it's too hard. I mean, it's not too hard, but you know it's what I mean. Burdensome. Like, yeah, phones yeah, so. are so easy, and like. If you're a hardcore gamer, well, then turn on your PC. <laughs> you yeah. Know? That's how much effort people are willing. You, you kind of get the experience you're after, I think, from uh, PCs and stuff like that. And, I mean, virtual reality is definitely more immersive in so many ways, but there's still so many things we kind of have to overcome for it to actually become seamless, I guess. Uh, yeah. And do you kind of feel like, like, I don't know, I kind of feel like VR is kind of like, it's like work. Like, yes. it's, like it's, it's kind of full on, <laughs> yeah. but like when you play a game, you want to chill. But like it, it like, even when I like, oh, I might play something on a quest or whatever. I'm like, oh no, I'm kind of tired. Yeah, yeah. But then yeah, I'll yeah, like yeah, yeah. play PlayStation. Like that's that's different. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. Like it takes um, mental effort, mental effort to actually think. Okay, I'm gonna put it on. I'm gonna have to sit, stand in this area. You know, get this. It, yeah, it's a whole process. It's mm. it's motion control 2.0. And I hate motion control 1.0. Like, I, my friend let me borrow a Skyward Sword that they ported for the Switch. And the amount of, because um, that game is so heavily based on motion. Yeah, exactly. It's based on motion yeah. control that they have to, like, change how other parts of the games work so you don't have to play it too motion controlly. They're like, oh, hold this button and then move this button to move the camera. And I'm like, oh, okay, no, <laughs> I will just put this away. I will never, I didn't get past it. <laughs> I think you have to save some red bird at the start. Uh, I never did it because it was t- too much motion for me. So, yeah, I put on VR and I was like, yeah, as you said, Susanna, this just feels like work. Well, mm. that, that's a good point, though, because that was like the Wii or, yeah, no, that was the Wii, I think, Skyward Sword originally. Yeah. And I mean, that was a great idea, but practically people ended up preferring controls because they can yeah. sit down and they can get the full experience sitting on their couch. 
find someone who... although like if you think about it right if you're like a parent like i prefer when my kid is playing a game where he's moving because mm, yeah. <laughs> i'm like i feel less guilty about screen time like, yeah. I'm like oh look he's doing activity yeah, yeah I'm sweet i'm a great parent <laughs> but for myself like, i don't want to do that you don't worry about <laughs> the the windows or the paintings or the yeah. vases getting knocked yeah. over which is, which is which is interesting because like I, I I did a lot around um, older people and video games, and yeah. one of the things that people older people loved was actually the the physical aspect of it because mm. they it keeps them fit. So it's almost mm. like this young kids physically active, and then <laughs> they hit this middle point where just like relaxing on the lounge yeah, playing, yeah. <laughs> and then as you get older, you want to get back into the physical stuff because it because it trains you. Did you um, you, you had them on? Were they playing VR or Wii? Both. Uh, I had them playing VR and then so Oculus Quest 2. And there was a game on there where you could uh, basically – it wasn't even a game. It was like an experience where you could load up uh, Street View and run on the spot. And it was like you were running through Google Street View. Wow. So, you know, like I think you'd get points if you did certain you – know, Surely certain there's a zombie movements. walk version of that. Yeah, I know. That would be yeah. cool, right? That would be cool. <laughs> Um, and then, and then on Switch, it was just like sort of Wii Sports clones and things like that. Um, other other games like Ring Fit was another one that was really popular. Mm. Um, but yeah, physical games and, and games with movement, it, it almost has a different feeling to VR. VR, the immersed, the, being immersed in it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what games or experiences would be like, you know the effort that it takes to put on the VR headset, mm. what games would be, what games in your mind would be that great that would make you want to jump to that or would make multiple people want to jump to it and actually play all the time? I, I can't think of anything. I, gotta, I, gotta mark. I think you've got to know, like you've got to plan it, right? Like you've got to be like, you know, mm. later I'm going to put on my headset and I'm going to play PT <laughs> and I'm going to be scared. That's yeah. right. Like, yeah. You've you got to know, like you've you got to, plan for it and like yeah you're not just gonna casually well i wouldn't just casually go i'm gonna just do this now like yeah. yeah well another thing is uh culturally right so you know how um was it the oculus has like the home cinema when you like you put the you put the headset on and you can go into a cinema and watch a movie right and you'd be like well i'll just watch the movie you know like mm. why do i sit in a room with other people looking at me in real time. I did that once and you keep looking to the left and there's this guy just oh, like death was staring this, you. This was like the VR chat cinema. cinema <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah, one, yeah. That's still so unnerving. But um, yeah, it is. Yeah. But the, the culture part is um, apparently that stuff's really big in like Japan where their apartments are tiny mm. or they can't go to the cinema or something. So they put on the VR headset and they're in this giant room. It's a giant TV. Um, so maybe it's not popping here, but overseas with that, that yeah that like, like that makes me think like i wonder like because i know they they do they use vr for like um health like quite a lot so mm. like i know there was um a thing where there were people with burns and they put them in like um like a, a snow situation and then when they were having their burns treated it was like they found oh, it was actually less painful there was something out. crazy like it was more effective than morphine mm. at like actually reducing the pain Oh my god! So like, that, that is amazing. The, the other one yeah, I had, the other one I'd seen that was quite similar was uh, 
putting a VR headset onto children as they got um, injections and almost lining up the injection as being like a little bug that comes onto you and, and stings you. And um, yeah, again, same thing. It reduced anxiety around uh, injections as well. So, but increased a lot anxiety there. around bugs. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I don't know if it was a bug or it was, episode, didn't we? It was something. Arachnophobia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I had to Google this to make sure it was true because um, I've told people this and then I wasn't sure if it was true, but I'm pretty sure it is true. Um, yeah. And Fact check. Yeah. This is coming from the BBC News. All right. <clears throat> Russian cows get VR headsets to reduce anxiety. So a Russian farm has given its dairy cows virtual reality headsets in a bid to reduce their anxiety. I think basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is true. BBC <clears throat> has to be true. Uh, Miscal, <laughs> Mo- Miscal's, Moscow's Ministry of Agriculture and Food cited <laughs> research. Miscal- <laughs> I love it. City of cows. (laughs) That's Miscal. Moscow's Ministry of Agriculture and Food cited research, which they say has shown a link between a cow's emotional experience and its milk yield. Initial tests reported boosted the overall emotional mood of the herd. So basically, they put the cows in VR and they make more milk. Is that not the matrix? I was about to say that. Oh my god! Like Whoa, we're living in the cow is that matrix. Cow like, so I think this is very <laughs> telling like of cow cows meal. as well. That cows yeah. actually and they're all plugged to in too, like because yeah. of the milk, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Wait, what are they showing yeah, the cows? Yeah. They are plugged. Hey, what are they showing the cows on the um, VR headset? Does it say? I think it says green pastures. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it, I think it was um, examples of. De- it's oh, actually no. really sad. Oh, yeah, it is sad. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> Um, ca- uh, Look, so not, not that I'm condoning this, but having said that, if you're going to have an animal in bad conditions, at least putting a VR headset with better conditions is maybe slightly better. Yeah, and blowing on with a fan. <laughs> yeah, it says a, um, a unique summer field simulation program. <laughs> Well, wow. or they, they don't f- get summer over there in Russia, do they? So, <laughs> yeah, they go. <laughs> Some simulator. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but there's, there's this photo of it, and it, it's, it's, it's a cow wearing like a giant, <laughs> like Oculus looking thing. Wow. <laughs> uh, wow. It's just, it's just got the, I mean, cows always just have an expressionless look on them, but just this. I'm not laughing at the situation. It's pretty dark. <laughs> it's pretty funny. But I mean, come on! It's a cow wearing a VR headset. Yeah, it's like, like it's normal. It's, it's like revolutionary the cow's mouth isn't open. Way. Like it's yeah, like yeah. what's going on? It's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> fire. Out. You, do you reckon if we put like Oculus Rifts on the cows? Do you reckon Facebook's going to be taking all that data from the cows? <laughs> like, <laughs> Running data analytics. You just start getting ads for like greener grass. Would you like to see yeah greener grass over there? (laughs) Greener grass in your area. Click here. Yeah. (laughs) This really is sad though. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Like you start to wonder, like if we have to do stuff this crazy to get milk, like maybe we should just drink water. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, soy milk exists as well. Yeah. 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 Then yeah, we find out good... that putting uh, VR headsets on plants will make them grow faster as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, don't they have that? Isn't um, playing music, isn't that meant to be better for plants? Yeah, uh, I've definitely seen And telling seen them that. affirmations. <laughs> and affirmations. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, I, I read an article. It was like classical music's good for them and heavy metal's bad for them. Mind you, I think this was just one test and I think people were wondering whether it's because 
maybe they were playing the heavy metal so loud that it was actually shaking the plant <laughs> and just like <laughs> disrupting its growth or whatever. And um, everyone has had that neighbor that grows plants indoors because of <laughs> they have lights in there. So the plants are already <laughs> living in VR. They think they're outside and really they're just in someone's cupboard. <laughs> Someone's back shed. It's all these really bright lights. Yeah. <laughs> Where snow doesn't settle on that roof. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, and then the another classic Costa segue. John, give us, give us a segue. S- speaking of uh, dodgy situations. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is one that Susanna was um, talking about. Wanted to, was the. Um, do you want to. Introduce the topic. I'm just speaking for you. <laughs> yeah, um, I was just really interested in the new Nintendo Online expansion or extension or whatever it is that gives you, um, as far as I can see, access to eight or something, 64 games mm. and like two or three. Were they, they weren't GameCube games, were they? Sega Genesis. Genesis games, mm. yeah. Um, so correct me if I'm I, wrong, Susanna. You don't sound very excited about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw the news article um, that was about the estimated price of the expansion mm. in US dollars, and it was uh, double. <laughs> yeah. yeah, wow. It's six, double the standard. Sixty AUD. My God. Sixty, um, <laughs> and that's per year, is it? That's per year. Yeah, um, yeah it's per year. If you look up the trailer. For the announcement, look at the dislikes. It um, yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. It's like one to ten ratio of like one like for every ten dislikes. Um, do you feel like because like I have a bunch of friends who are like huge Nintendo fanboys and fangirls, right? Mm. And like every time Nintendo does something, they're like, "Oh yes, yes, Nintendo's done this thing," and I'm like, "Uh." Are you sure that's a good thing? Do you feel like Nintendo's just kind of got to this point where they're like, "Ha, they'll buy anything." Yeah, oh, it, it's like it's like they, they they put this thing out. I got two problems with this. I don't like the the naming of it. It's just it seems like it's I don't know some you know expansion two uh, plus two turbo some you know it just mm. seems like <laughs> dumb, right? And then and then the second thing is like, yeah, you're right. Nintendo puts out these things that almost should be a standard in online, you know memberships for for gaming uh, platforms and and it, they announce it like it's some new thing it's like playstation has chat functionality nintendo doesn't even have chat functionality or voice functionality mm. it's like they haven't even met the bare minimum of a of their competitors and they're putting out this thing and increasing the price and you know throwing in a couple games and expecting it to be everyone to be happy it's just i don't know to me it seems bizarre it's funny it seems kind of out of touch right like it's kind of like do you remember when nike made those shoes and they said have a good game instead of like gg or something yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like last year they they made these shoes they say have a good game on the side and i was like okay it sounds like something your parents say (laughs) (laughs) no nintendo's been running off the smell of their own brand for quite some time now like um, yeah. when, the smell of their own brand. I love the that. smell of their own brand. Um, <laughs> I mean, when they released the Switch, and uh, no, no, sorry, not when they released the Switch. When they released the first online play, uh, online whatever it's called, the online service. Um, they're like, that's right, you get to play NES games, and they're like, you know, there's videos of like E3 and the developers are like applauding themselves because yeah. like, 
we'll get the crowd going. Like, I'm sorry, but who wants to play NES games? Who buys a Switch to play NES? I, they're cool. Yeah, for five wouldn't seconds. you go to Cashies? Like, yeah. I just go to Cashies. Yeah, like. yeah, <laughs> and that's that's cooler. Like, then I go to play the actual, right here. Yeah. Like. Look, in Nintendo's defense, okay, I'm not defending oh, this decision no, yeah. because I also disagree <laughs> with this. Um, but in Nintendo's defense, they have for the longest time with consoles tried to do different things to everyone else and it's been very <laughs> hit and miss, right? Mm. And so like the Nintendo 64 was pretty good. Everyone liked it. Uh, then the GameCube was okay, I think. Then the Wii came out and it was severely underpowered compared to everything else, but it ended mm. up selling more than everything else. Then the Wii U came out and it was crap and no one bought it and it had no games on it and it was crap. And then the Switch came out, and again, it's severely underpowered, but like it's still one of the highest performing consoles. Um, yeah. So they it's a prob- cool concept yeah. that take with you plug in, mm. like that. That's that's really cool. So they probably do have this mindset of making their own decisions and believing in them, um, yeah. and probably a lot of those decisions are going to be crap. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. But but <laughs> they would, have actually been validated yeah. in the past. I would like to see the membership the online membership statistics for Nintendo compared to the amount of units yeah. that they've sold. That would be an interesting mm. one. Yeah. Like well, I do, I, I'm splitting one of the base online memberships with my sister, I think. Um, and our initial reaction was when it first was announced, it was like, oh, this is terrible. And then we did it anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I it's think this would be a similar thing. Same as me, same as me. Yeah. yeah. First year it came out, I bought it and I didn't even use it once. Mm. Like, I think I played Splatoon, like, once. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, like, that, you know, that's moving on with my life. I won't yeah. buy that again. Like, it just it didn't. I had a weird Mario Kart interaction where there was one guy talking and he sounded incredibly drunk or high or something. And he was like, I can't remember if he was, like, uh, swearing at us or something. But then there was the only other person on the voice chat besides me and my, and my mate was a um, like a five-year-old girl, like in America. <laughs> and I just remember her saying, why are you yelling? <laughs> like, what's, what, what's wrong? Like, she was like genuinely concerned because well, Nintendo so nerfs their online systems for that reason, you know, like they're so worried about kids getting um, mm. exposed yeah. to these kinds of things. Like... The first Xbox comes out, what, 20 years ago, has net, has a network port in the back. Nintendo's first console to have a network port is 20 years later is when they just released this OLED Switch. That's the first one to have the network cable in the back. 20 years Built later. in. Yeah, built, built in. in. The, the GameCube had it, uh, had networking, but I don't think it went online. It was more... I can't I mean, yell at strangers over Pokemon. Just for show. <laughs> it was for... I think you could play Fantasy Star Online. Back in the day, oh, on, right. on that, but you needed yeah. to buy the the broadband kit and then the key. This, I don't know if you've seen that GameCube <sighs> controller where it's got the big keyboard in the middle. Oh, it's the <laughs> most oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. weirdest thing. <laughs> yeah, mind you, but see, back on the GameCube, they also had the cable where you could plug in your Game Boy Advance as a yeah. GameCube controller. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. there was I played Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles back on the GameCube, and if you wanted to play multiplayer, every single person had to have one of those. They wouldn't let you yeah. use like some GameCube controllers and some of those. It's a terrible idea. <laughs> terrible, yeah. terrible idea. And so, we'll see the, but we yeah. forget about those kind of things. And we remember the Switch. And we'll probably mm. forget about this in, when they take the video down in a week. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause, We've cause, decided yeah. we're just going to gift this to everyone who pays for the online. <laughs> yeah. 
Because, I mean, they had 64 games back on the Wii. I'm pretty sure you could buy it in the virtual console and then you had it on the Wii U as well. Mm. And now it's just like, they've yeah, they've they've done the same thing they did on the Wii and, yeah, charging extra. That is one of my biggest grievances is that they don't have a unified store that goes across the platforms. Mm. And so every new platform, you have to rebuy the games. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Emulator online. It's <laughs> <laughs> a nasty cough you got there. <laughs> um, well, that's the thing. They are just running emulations of their game. Did you see the previews of the game? So for some reason, oh, no, I, I, this is, I don't know what the reason would be as I say it. You look at all their games and they're still four by three ratio, right? Except the Zeldas, which are widescreen. So you go, awesome. That fits the Switch. Nope. It means the screen's even smaller because it still fits in a box that's four by three. So you... You've got Ned Kelly vision with uh, oh, wow. the Zelda games. Ned Kelly vision. Um, hey, so, because they, they released Super Mario 64 as one of the games coming out, right? Yeah. And mm. uh, they released the Super Mario Trilogy Ugh. pack a while ago. But that, that was a limited yeah, run, wasn't it? That was the dumbest thing. <laughs> well, do you think they made that a limited run because they had this planned? It worked. Gonna, yeah, in mine, yeah. Artificial <laughs> scarcity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the NFTing. How long till you can buy Mario NFT? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, all it takes is Nintendo to announce that, and they'll they'll make like a hundred million dollars plus on that. Well, that's actually one of the big things uh, with Nintendo Music is that they keep getting they copyright striking it off of YouTube because people are uploading it, but the Nintendo aren't uploading it anywhere mm. else, and they're not making CDs for modern games available either. So this is one yeah. of the problems uh, people were wondering is like, do, do they have plans for their own music store or something like that? Oh. Hopefully, because if not, they're just removing the music from existence and you just can't get it outside of the game then. I would say yes, except for the fact that they um, that Mario All-Stars you mentioned has the original music and it's so gross. You have to turn on your Switch, go to the music, and just sit there and listen to it. You can't have it on in the background while you play other games. It's just sitting there playing it with the album cover of it, of an album that doesn't exist because, you said, it's not released anywhere else. Right. Nintendo like, should uh, support Spotify and then just put all of their albums and, and soundtracks on, on Spotify. But, it, but uh, Yeah, what are you supposed to do with that? Like, queue it up on your Switch and plug it into the TV and then get out your popcorn and, like, yeah, invite yeah, everyone yeah. over. <laughs> they should at least put it on YouTube. I mean, obviously, it's easy to say they should just do this, but if, yeah. if they, it would be nice if they put it on YouTube under their own channel so they can mm. get all the views, they can monetize it, they could do all that stuff, and they can take it down if they ever want to put it somewhere else. This is Nintendo. It's never the logical option. Uh, yeah. Are Nintendo the equivalent of Apple? Like, are they like, this is a premium product. That's why we don't reduce the costs. Like, the, the Switch is still hasn't dropped in price in the three or four years it's been out. And they're like, you do it our way because it by doing these steps, it makes a premium product. I think it's like, like, a, like it, yeah. almost like a Disney. Yeah, Disney, yeah. Apple. I could see that. Yeah. Mind you, it is actually working for both Apple and Nintendo. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so at the end of the day, and the other the other point with this subscription is you can only buy it on a year by year basis. You can't buy like like at least with the other platforms like uh, Xbox Live Gold and stuff like that. You can buy it for one month or three month installments. You have to buy this for a year. The expansion, the base online versions, I think you can buy in smaller increments, but the expansion is a year. Wow. 
I, I can't deal with that kind of commitment. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Nintendo, but you know. <laughs> oh, and one other thing that's um, they're like, uh, animal. Uh, yeah, okay. Animal Crossing has a heavy quote unquote free DLC if you get the expansion. So if you don't pay play Animal Crossing, you're paying for an expansion that you're never gonna play. All oh, right. That's because that's what's included in the expansion. They they advertise and advertise the N64, the Genesis, and the Animal Crossing New Horizons expansion, which is free as long as you pay for the subscription. Well, this this sort of makes sense now. Maybe this is like a precedent that Nintendo wants to set where you get free DLC through this expansion. Like maybe free ongoing DLC. Like first party. So it's going to be a subscription where you get everything through it rather than just the Nintendo 64. Is it? Can you get the Animal Crossing DLC outside of the subscription? By I don't paying think for so. It? I think I, no. knowing Nintendo, how they are, like you can't, you know, the, the the Switch Lite doesn't have Rumble because you can buy a real the proper Switch. Um, I think they are gonna. I, I would think they would lock that behind it. They'd go. It's to incentivize you to buy a sixty a sixty dollar a year subscription. Suddenly, the price of Animal Crossing base has gone up. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but as you said, as as you said, John, it's gonna work because I am so buying it when it comes out. Oh, you're gonna do it. <laughs> I am so buying it. I am so- oh man, that's. I- what happens if you buy it, but then like you only have it for a year and then you don't pay anymore? Do you lose your? Um, your safe file. Your stuff in Animal Crossing. Like, oh man, that DLC, would be rough. Yeah, oh. Tom, Tom Nook would like that. Tom Nook, <laughs> Tom Nook comes <laughs> in. He takes it in the game. Well, that was a thing because the original expand uh, online service has cloud backup. But if you stop paying for it, don't you lose the cloud backup? That was like a point of contention. They were like, "We'll hold it for like a little bit, and then you lose it. So you have to keep but paying for it." They send a guy around to your house and he smashes your switch. Yeah. No, they just send Tom Nook. Tom Nook, like, Tom Nook. With those <laughs> dead serial killer thousand yard stare eyes. <laughs> you just know why he's there. I'm going to, let's, let's round. Butterflies or. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to round this off with a question based off the first topic that we brought mm. up, which was the uh, utopian vision of the future. And uh, pose it to all you guys. Um, what dystopian or utopian game would you like to wake up in? Oh man, that is first. Would you want to wake up in dystopian? My and you have all the abilities of the game you're talking about, or Ooh. you wake up in utopian, and again, you have all the abilities. So if you're going to pick Animal Crossing, you're going to get harassed by bees and spiders like crazy. <laughs> and Tom Nook. And Tom Nook. I choose, I choose Fallout 4, but I want to be in the first part before the Fallout. <laughs> so, like, you said I get all the stuff, right? So I got, like, super sweet power armor, but I just live in, like, a 1950s neighborhood. I just, you know, walk around <laughs> power armor with my robot butler chilling. When does the uh, Fallout ha- I haven't played Fallout 4. When does the Fallout happen? How far do you get into it? Or has it already happened in the game? Like 10 minutes. Oh, right. <laughs> you have 10 minutes of, Would of you- bliss. <laughs> Does that game have um, <laughs> bottle caps as uh, currency? Yeah, yeah, new new caps. If you new cola caps. Yeah, if you know going into it, just buy all the new cola. Just hoard all the caps. Yeah. It's not worth anything to anyone. NFT it. Get a job, so you're like CEO of Nuka Cola. Yeah. 
<laughs> like, That's so so four. Um, I'm just trying to open Steam to see my hours because I'm just going to base it whenever I've played the most. But but like you said, Susanna, it's now downloading an update. <laughs> yeah, I bet it is. <laughs> Come on, Steam. You haven't opened it in 10 minutes. <laughs> Come on, man. Work with me here. <laughs> you've been recording them. You've been talking on the podcast for at least an hour. Like, <laughs> you right. can't have updated Steam in that time. Right. <laughs> oh, wait. In Fallout 4, that's, that's the one with the uh, the dog, right? They've all got the dog. Oh, you mean what? dog meat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they've all got dog yeah. meat. I've never played yeah. a Fallout game. Um, would you have dog meat or would you be bringing another animal pet? Yeah, dog meat's pretty great. Dog meat's good. Yeah, but no dying of dog meat. Thank you very much. <laughs> Costa. I actually have no idea. I'm going to go to like... I'm just going to say like it'd be cool to be in... Uh, it's not really utopian, but game that would be cool would be like Sea of Thieves, mm. like mm. sailing the seas, just waking up and it's just like you're you're in almost like parts of the Caribbean, yeah, yeah, and yeah. just adventuring with other people with That's, your mates. Scurvy isn't a thing or anything. Yeah. None of the bad stuff. <laughs> yeah, as long as you got plenty of oranges. Yeah, <laughs> no scurvy. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's interesting, Costa, because um, so actually one of the reasons that I brought up this topic in the first place is because um, it comes it comes from a, a question about um, how having these fictions kind of uh, paint a possible world for us that we could actually help us imagine uh, so we can then kind of move towards it in the real world kind of thing. Um, and I think that you've both chosen very different utopias is a good point because it's kind of like a lot of us have a very similar dystopia, which is everything kind of crap and zombies or whatever. Mm. But then if we look at utopia, like each one of us has a very different ideal kind of life world that we'd like to be living in. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Like how much it influences like, like because I'm playing Life is Strange True Colors mm. and there it's set in like this kind of like, um, mountain town and it's like so beautiful and i was like you know i got distracted the other day and i'm looking up real estate in mountain towns in america (laughs) and i'm like oh yeah sweet i'm gonna move here one day that's Um, really cool uh john what are you picking yeah well i was look i was looking through my steam list um i'm not going by hours because i came across uh final fantasy 8 because that was the very first one i played but i'm specifically like similar to you, Susanna, just the very start of the game for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just chill in Ballum Gardens. Exactly. Like, oh, man. Yeah. I love that place so much. Cause it, so it's like a university, but it's like all lush and the music's beautiful and and like everyone's training to be like a fighter and everyone's cool, got their own cool character and fashion and everything. And I, I don't know what it is. I just love that kind of environment. So like mm. I wouldn't I wouldn't impose that on the rest of the world, but man, I love it. <laughs> What happens after? But why not? We can all become experts at triple triad. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's right. <laughs> what happens after the first 10 minutes? Well, you know, I said they're trained to be fighters. Uh, oh, okay. Their final exam is they get sent to an actual war. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, that's where I kind of lost interest a little bit. But. It gets dystopian pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. Is that the one yeah. with the birds, the, the Kokomos, the Chikokos? They're in all of them, That's yeah. in all of them. That's Kokomo. Yeah. That's a Co- big, Co- yeah. Co- that's Co- a song, isn't Co- it? Co- Co- Beach Co- Boys, Co- 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Alex, Alex did, you, did you say yours? What's yours? Yeah. Oh my god. Um, 
Mario you're allowed, Kart. You're allowed to say uh, the old Republic of Star Wars. <laughs> is that a dystopian or a utopian? Is that is that? It depends which compass you're following. Yeah. Right? yeah. Well, <laughs> wait. So that implies the world's ended, right? Wait, what are we talking about? Wait, which, no, which game? It just has to be like a here? future that's that's negative, right? Ah, like, oh, yeah, I totally missed the boat utopian. on that. I, I thought <laughs> I thought it meant like the world's ended, but are you in the paradise part or the good part? Oh, the bad part, like you, you, like oh, Fallout. No, yeah. right? is, the, the world ending is the negative part. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I mean, depending on your point of view, though, that might be your utopia. Yeah, what if you're a nihilist? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, if you're on Animal Crossing, maybe that <laughs> island is the utopia and the rest of the world is is Doom Eternal. It's just on fire. Yeah. Like yeah. Totally, yeah. Fire. You look across the ocean and it's just fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, there is only one human in Animal Crossing, isn't there? Uh, what happens to the rest of them? Oh, yeah, you. It's you, oh, isn't this, it? <laughs> oh, this is like um, that... Uh, um, that uh, the, the Japanese official novel with the way you're... Winnie the Pooh. The birds, um, Oh, what's it called? With Winnie the Birds? The dating one? Dude, I just oh, found uh, out Winnie the Pooh are toys. Had her full boyfriend. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I've Had seen the trailer this, for that. Uh, so good. So it's, it's like a dating simulator, right? But you're a human and you're at this school where everybody's birds. <laughs> so you, okay. you date these I feel like the trailer birds. sounds a lot less weird than the description. <laughs> <laughs> you date, you're, you're dating these birds, right? And you're like, oh yeah, this is funny. This is weird. We're dating birds, and then you go like on a field trip with some of the birds, <laughs> and then, um, oh, yeah, and it turns out there's like no humans left in the world except you. Like you're, you're the, only the only human, human, and there's all these like background imagery and stuff that like indicates some really messed up happened. <laughs> so is that a good story then? Like you uncover, um, yeah, it's it's definitely worth it. And then there's like a murder, and like I just <laughs> like a I like a murder of pros or <laughs> ah, this guy. Get out. Had a full boyfriend. I strongly recommend checking wow. it out. Wait, I like how there's this brutal history, but you just happen to be at a high school with <laughs> birds. <laughs> yeah, and your biggest concern is like yeah, which bird dating, you yeah. do. <laughs> I mean, like, does the main character not ask this question initially <laughs> when they're at the high school? <laughs> They're like, it's not like, where's all the humans? It's like, yeah, I think I'll start dating these birds now. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like that I game love, came some about. Some of those dating simulators. Like, I know someone made a Adam Sandler dating simulator where oh, every single I'm character is Adam Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I made this little dating simulator that's in mod at the moment, but it's nowhere near that cool. And like, really? I just wish it had Adam Sandler. Oh, you did. Is that the one on the walls, on the touchscreen walls? Um, no, oh no, I didn't do that one. I did that. Um, it's called Trains of Thought. It's in the mod up close exhibit. You can actually play it online. Oh it's God. not very exciting, but yeah. Um, it, it's kind of like you. Well, I won't spoil it, but yeah, check it out if you um, get a chance. It's called Trains of Thought, but it doesn't have Adam Sandler in it. Now I'm really <laughs> or any birds. <laughs> yeah, I'd go Mario Kart. It, hang on. I have another question about the Adam Sandler dating simulator. Uh, yeah, uh, I, look, I'm not the expert on this game, but yeah, shoot. I'm an expert on Adam sure? Sandler. So. <laughs> do you date Adam Sandler as Adam Sandler? Like, do you date different Adam Sandlers? That's- like, does Happy Gilmore date Billy Madison? Or yeah, like- so I'm pretty sure they're all pulled from different movies. Mr. Deeds, you got to go, Mr. Deeds. Let me let me Google this. Uh, you got to go, Mr. Sandler. Deeds. He's a sweetheart and he's rich. Now, what's the other one where he he's like? A dad with his little kid that is big daddy. Big daddy. <laughs> big daddy. 
No, <laughs> with the scuba Steve. Yeah, he yeah. put scuba newspaper Steve, yeah. over the pee. His place would yeah. stink. <laughs> as long as it's not that going overboard movie, which I'm pretty sure is the worst film I've ever seen. Like <laughs> Hotel Transylvania, the vacation one. Is that the one? Oh, Hotel Transylvania. That's a good one. Or oh. Little Nicky. Speaking, of, have you guys <laughs> seen the? Have you guys the seen flesh. the Dream Daddy dating simulator? That oh, one, I Daddy. love Dream Daddy. Yeah, that, that one's meant to be amazing, really good. Amazing game. It's so good. So th- this one, all, we were- all the guys. So I think this is a more serious one, <coughs> but like all the guys are fathers, and I think that's part of the like niche audience. It's people who are looking for their Dream it's Daddy. Got the best, <laughs> the best, the best thing though. Like when you make your character at the start, like you make you know. Your, your dream daddy or whatever and you can choose like it's so much customization mm. like you know mm. like what kind of body you want them to have um you know you, you can have like them wearing binders you can have like it's got so much like just coolness in the character that what you can do like you just make the most interesting and unique characters and like that's just really cool for a dating simulator to be that like flexible because you know how normally it's like you know you're gonna date you want to date chad Oh, this person, well. that's what mm. you're going to do mm. right now. You're going to, yeah, it's really cool. It's definitely, that's another good one. Wait, so you customize the person you're going to date or you customize yourself? Um, no, you cust- so you you play as like a kid who's helping their dad get a date. Oh, I that's so memory. cute. I, see you- I think from memory that's what you do. And you customize what uh, your dad looks like, I think. Oh, so you're not dating you the dads. Dad. You are a kid. Helping your dad. I feel like your dad's dating. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'm maybe I'm remembering that wrong. (laughs) Oh, that is adorable. (laughs) But it's really yeah. I remember it being really really cute. Oh no, you do play as the dad. It's just that you have a daughter, and for some reason, I related to the daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Man, there's a a game for everything now. I love this. So the datings are the dating simulators are the utopian future. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> or if it's or if you're dating a bird maybe dystopian yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh then yeah you should definitely play mine alex <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with that comment <laughs> um i don't think i've ever played a dating simulator i've watched a playthrough of the um the hokey pokey yaya club what's it called uh, uh yeah, I can't remember what it's called either. Doki Doki. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah, meant yeah, to be yeah. super intense, right? Oh, it that is, is full on. Is that I, I, I've only seen it described in YouTube comments. So I haven't actually seen it. Oh, watch. That's one of those ones where like you play it and you're like, this is normal. And then like <laughs> yeah. you play it again kind of and you're like, what? Watch the, <laughs> just do a watch through of it and watch Markiplier playing it. Okay. Yeah, he's um, pretty good. His reactions are just amazing with that stuff, but that's the only thing I've ever watched is of this, it. Is this the kind of thing you watch with friends or alone? This is the kind of thing your friend tells you to watch and then you watch it alone and then you go back <laughs> okay. to that friend and you're like, just what the hell, man? Will, will I feel what shame afterwards? <laughs> hey, will, will I feel shame afterwards? Uh... I don't think you'll ever yes. be the same. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Personal, personal growth. I will, yeah, I will not game shame, but um, <laughs> it, it starts off as one thing and turns into something else. Like, uh, like if, 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 what, if, if the first, like what, 30 minutes of that game is the kind of games you play, you'll be very disappointed <laughs> after the first 30 minutes or whatever it is. 
All right. But so, you probably should mention there is content warning on that. Yeah. So big like content warning. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, lots of things. Yeah. 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 Big content trigger warnings and um, trigger. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen it, Costa? It's horror and it's... No, I haven't. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's horror. Yeah. Mental health and horror okay. and a whole lot of whole yeah. lot of things. A whole <laughs> lot of things, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> it's time to say goodnight, <laughs> everyone. <laughs> I'm not going to play Doki Doki right now. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot remember that name for the... I, I know if I just say something that sounds like Doki Doki, there'll be someone in the group who remember. I always... I always call it okie dokie or hokey pokey or itchy kitchy. Sounds like play school when you (laughs) describe it like that. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I can just never remember what (laughs) it's called. Do the hokey pokey. Even right now, I don't remember what it's called. Maybe you should make a dating sim where you date all the characters from um, from play school. Like (laughs) Big Ted. (laughs) Big Ted. Go to the zoo. Oh, my God. (laughs) Actually, I would really like that. You just take Big Ted to the zoo and just look at the animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. The- no pressure, you know, just chill. <laughs> Enjoy your day. There were people on Play School too as well, weren't there? Yeah, I'm there not, were. That wasn't a fever dream. I was yep. Team Monica and George. <laughs> Team Monica and George, when they were on TV, you were having a good morning. Oh, the OG, the originals. Yeah, man. Yep. And on that note, <laughs> what a place to leave it. <laughs> Alex, brought to you, proudly brought to you by ABC. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We need some uh, that the piano player from Play School to play us out right now. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thank you for tuning in, everyone. Um, thank you for stopping by this little cafe, and um, we'll catch you next time. Sounds good. Cheers. Catch you guys See. next time. Thanks for thanks for the chat. <laughs>